Hello there. Welcome to the show. Today I have a very special guest. John drove all the way down from Charlotte just to be on this episode. Hi, John. Hello. So I've decided that I wanted to start adding a new section to the beginning of all my podcasts. And since this episode, we're, I figured since it's our 50th episode, I was wrong. I miscalculated. I said a couple episodes ago that I, I was going to do my 50th, but I think I deleted an episode. This is the half century mark. This is the half century mark. And so the first episode that I uploaded was the Google glass oh, and it was with you and so this is the 50th episode yeah. we're doing google stadia That's and it's funny. also with you but before we uh get into the uh, talk about google stadia i wanted to talk about some gaming news so steam are you familiar with steam mm-hmm. it's like the website that you go to to buy games stuff they just announced um this console that they're releasing it's called the steam deck and it's like a handheld computer where you can run like computer games off of it like just any computer game theoretically or, as long as you and i think power. you can also like plug it into your computer monitor kind of like a switch mm-hmm. um but it comes with it's super weird looking it has two analog sticks and then underneath the analog sticks it has like track pads sort sort of like on a um laptop yeah so i guess if you wanted to be more i don't know i don't know what trackpad's be- like the most useless i don't know what benefit a artists. trackpad would give you over an analog stick Oh, nothing. I think trackpads are like, trackpads are just in case you don't want to carry a mouse with you. I hate trackpads. Yeah, but it's two of them. So it's like underneath. Maybe I can pull up a picture. Oh, I see. So like to use that instead of an analog stick. Yeah. So I, anyway, so you can plug it into your monitor apparently and and run games from it. But it costs, the base model costs $400 and it comes with 64 gigabytes, which people are like that's not that's not enough especially like since some games are oh i mean like big games games like really big triple a games or hundreds of gigabytes okay just a second i'm gonna try to pull it up oh age of empire 3 dude that's the one i'm not really sure what the i don't think i like that controller layout it's big it's well and it but like where it has the analog sticks versus the buttons are like right nothing yeah the buttons are like almost above the analog like up to the side they're not well maybe they're a little adjacent to it but anyway, so they're releasing this. I don't know when it's coming out. Um, I'm not really sure who they're marketing it towards. Mm. I, I kind of see how I would be interested in it because I really enjoy playing games on handheld uh, just because it's easier to pick up and play as opposed to like getting in my computer and stuff. But I also feel like a lot of people who play on the computer want to play with like the best graphics and like the big mm-hmm. monitors and the keyboard and mouse controls and stuff. So I'm not really sure why... I just find it like an interesting market. Like, who are they marketing this towards? I wonder if it's just like, I don't know. I guess like, because the Switch is, it's all still Nintendo games, right? Yeah. I mean, other other companies will like make games for the Switch too, oh. but it doesn't have, it's not nearly as powerful not, as this. Okay. And it's a lot cheaper. I would think like maybe this is going to be the, like, because what currently besides a Switch is, like, the handheld option. Like, I know some people game on their phones and they connect controllers. Yeah, but... that that would be the big option. And we're going to kind of talk about that in the episode because um, that's kind of what Google Stadia kind of does, too. Like, there was the PSP. Yeah, yeah, there, you're right. Switch there's is, yeah. but there's, like, nothing really right now besides yeah. the Switch. So, I can see where there's a cool But $650 for the 512 gigabyte, that's an expensive handheld device. I wonder how much, like, the battery and that kind of stuff is. Yeah, I don't don't think they've released that. If you're traveling a ton, I can see where that's super worth it. Like, to be able to play games and stuff all the time. But it'd have to have, yeah, it'll have to have a good battery and 
don't know. It'd be interesting. It'd probably be something I'd never get, but it does look kind of cool. But you don't want to play Age of Empires on that. No, right. It's true. <laughs> so it depends right. on the game. Like, you no, couldn't yeah, play yeah. something like a RTS on that. Right. It'd have to have, like, computer controls or uh, controller uh, like, compatibility. I mean, most games you play on console. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. But I just thought that was kind of an interesting thing. The other news thing was that Switch or Nintendo announced a new Switch. Mm-hmm. But the only difference really is that they're doing an OLED screen, which the PS Vita, which came out 10 years ago, had an OLED screen. So this isn't something that's like mind boggling. Mm-hmm. I don't think they had an increase to the resolution at all, but they increased the screen size by 0.8 inches. 0.8 inches. And that's the only change. The- OLED screen, 0.8 inches bigger, and I think a better kickstand. And Have it's they $350. Like point? What's a normal switch? 300 Okay. So it's like only worth it if you play it in handheld, mm-hmm. but I already have a Switch and I just don't think it's worth upgrading yeah. just for that screen. Because everyone was yeah, hoping for weird. like an increase in power, like mm-hmm. an increase in resolution and stuff, mm-hmm. but they came out with this and everyone was disappointed. But that's interesting. I feel like it's still a pretty like good standard. If you didn't a have a Switch and you wanted to get one, I would definitely get, get that, that version because it's fifty bucks. It's like not yeah. that much. But if you're upgrading from a regular Switch to that, I don't think right, it's worth no it. Point. All right. So uh, today we're going to talk about Google Stadia. Um, and were you familiar with Google Stadia at all before we? I kind of brought this up to you. I think I had heard about it, but didn't know it like by that name. I. I remember hearing news about the fact that it like there was something like coming out, but I didn't remember that it was called Google Stadia. Yeah, and there was like a ton of ads for it. Like I don't know if you saw mm-hmm. the one where the dude like becomes a canoe, and then like another guy gets inside of him, and then like swims through the TV. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you would have remembered that uh, yeah. uh, ad. Um, but so they, they Google Stadia was sort of um, it came out in 2020 around. Actually, it might have come out towards the end of 2019. Mm -hmm. Um, And they sort of marketed it as a cloud gaming service Mm -hmm. similar to kind of like Netflix. They kind of say it's like Netflix for games. Um, But it was very different from Netflix for a couple of huge reasons. Um, Do you want to talk a little bit about why it's different from Netflix? Well, so from what I understood and what I didn't, realized at the time was i definitely thought it was a netflix or like um what are the playstation and xbox versions like there's gold like playstation pass now and, and then there's um, i think it's called gold pass with yeah. xbox where you can just play from a big old bank of games and like a lot of games too i was talking to some co-workers about how they could like even play a lot of old retro games yeah. and stuff like that and um, you pay like 10 bucks a month you pay a monthly pass and you can I don't know how much you have to download, but either way, you you play those games. But in this, it's more it's it's a games library basically, where you still have to buy the game, and it's stored on Stadia, and you play the game through Stadia. But like you do still have to buy it. But you it's still have a, to. Sub, buy, it's not yeah. a subscription to a bank of games, uh-huh. which I didn't realize. Yeah, and um, that's something I think they kind of weren't honest about. Like, I don't, I, mm-hmm. I think it's like if you read the fine details, it's like, yes, you could find that. But your average person, like, there are people out there who go to GameStop and buy their child a box version of Fortnite, mm-hmm. which is a free game oh, yeah, that yeah. you don't have to buy a box for. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're marketing to these, these people, mm-hmm. obviously. And it's like, oh, it's like you have your game collection wherever you want. And yeah. it's like cloud gaming. And so they think, oh, I spend $10 a month and I get all these games. But it's like, no, you want to play Destiny mm-hmm. 2, which is a five year old game or whatever, you have to pay 60 bucks for it and then you can play like the cloud version 
So that was something that was kind of marketed poorly, in my opinion, because mm-hmm. like you said you didn't even know. Mm-hmm. And I, I was very confused about why get Google Stadia, but we'll kind of get into that later. But um, they also have a pro option, which allows you to pay $10 a month and you get like five free games mm-hmm. um, a, a month, which is similar to like PlayStation Plus yeah. or uh, yeah. Xbox Live or whatever. Mm-hmm. What What's the bigger price? price increase from the normal to pro you know i see i don't know i don't think i think you just have to buy the hundred dollars for the controller and the chrome thing and then you buy the console or the games that you want and so i don't think you have to pay a subscription to play your games well what's the is the pro a subscription or is that a one-time purchase it's a subscription okay and and that is the subscription so otherwise you would just be paying for like the casting and controller and then yeah yeah and then the games individual games yeah so when it came out it like didn't do very well at all so you had to pay 120 dollars. people had paid like 120 dollars to get their early copy and reserve their gamer tag Mm -hmm. like dark wizard 75 or whatever Mm -hmm. chewy 1500 that's my you know gamer tag my gamer tag Mm -hmm. oh that or wild fish wild fish is the one on my uh uh, playstation yeah um and that didn't work so like people spent like a hundred dollars pre-order this thing to mm-hmm. get their extra special gamer tag and like they weren't getting their their tag it and it wasn't working so it's like you buy this console it comes out and it's not working um and then when it did end up working for people there was like an enormous amount of input lag mm-hmm. which i find just fascinating because so for people who don't know you're not playing the game on your console you're there's a computer at google headquarters Mm -hmm. that is running this game and you are streaming that game to your television Mm -hmm. so when you press a button your button has to take it all the way to the google headquarters Mm -hmm. and then it has to input the button there and then it has to send the signal back to you for your character to jump so there was some videos I think you might have seen him where the guy was playing Destiny and he was hitting the space bar and then yeah. like he'd hit the space bar and then like a second later his character would jump. Right. And he was just like he like looked around and he's like, I can't do this. Yeah, you can't play a game yeah. like that. Especially a game like Destiny where you have like PvP mm-hmm. where you're like right. playing these fast, yeah. you know, action games. And then I saw another video of a guy who was playing a fighting game, which fighting games like you have to be like mm. oh yeah really it's, precise like, everybody talks about like frame precision and stuff like that where yeah and he's insane. like hitting the button and the sword strike is like way behind and it's like super <laughs> laggy so it didn't it didn't go well at all and then there was all this stuff about they claimed like 4k mm. um, which i don't really understand 4k very well mm. i don't understand like upscaling yeah, so like yeah. the ps4 pro it's like upscales to 4k so mm-hmm. you're not actually it's playing not true in, 4k yeah you're not playing in native 4k but mm-hmm. these are all these fancy tech words that yeah. i don't think i quite understand mm-hmm. maybe it's because my tv is like 12 years old and it's like, still 1080p it. i don't have a yeah. 4k tv maybe one day um but you want to talk a little bit about like what you got when you bought the sort of you paid your money like what do you get what i understood like nothing really like (laughs) it was that and then you had to start uh buying games i i didn't see what the difference in it was from steam like i can't tell that there is any i mean minus the fact that you're streaming the games you don't have to download them but like i didn't see what i don't know i don't know if it's just how i game but like there's no use for this for me yeah or i mean like and and researching it like and what everybody else was saying it's just like 
why would I start moving all my games to a new library when I have them in other places? Like, yeah, exactly. It's just like, uh, it just seemed like a step behind because there was nothing to me, unless I misunderstood. I didn't understand if you're getting anything new. Yeah. I think the main gimmick or not gimmick, but the main thing they were going for was the fact that you could stream it onto your phone. Mm -hmm. So like you could play, say, I don't know, like the division two or remnant from the ashes. Mm -hmm. If it was even on the store, like we play remnant together, you could stream it from your phone wherever you want. Mm -hmm. But it's like, when are you going to be, when are you going to want to play remnant? Mm Mm-hmm. And not be with a PlayStation that you're yeah. gonna play it on, or whatever, or your PC or whatever. I mean, you think about like, like the Switch and things like that, and how much of a challenge battery life is. It's like I'm sure playing any game like that on your phone, you have to be hooked up to a power bank or whatever, because like it uh, absolutely has to just zap your battery. Well, that's a that is an interesting thing because you're not, you're not computing the game like the switch is even displaying it but yeah you're just it's like watching a high resolution youtube video Mm -hmm. which will drain your battery well and like even if you have a controller for it to because the controller is hooked up to your phone and for it to be taking the inputs from the controller and sending all of that and receiving all that data plus displaying all of it i'm sure most or maybe it's like i guess uh androids are superior to iphones in a lot of those respects like battery life and stuff right those kinds of things um like I feel like I just don't have a newer phone, and since I have a small phone too, that would be the least like I would ideal never thing want to play to. it on. Yeah, yeah, it'd be awful. But the other thing is too is that you could also theoretically you could run really powerful or really good looking games on a mm-hmm. very not powerful laptop. So like, like my laptop is not. I mean, it has a dedicated graphics card, but it's not. It's not a gaming laptop. Like I could run Age on it, but not much else i could probably run overwatch on it but it's the idea that you could run like theoretically the highest or the newest game on your laptop and you could stream from the laptop and mm-hmm. stuff like that um per- i i'm i had a hard time figuring out who this was marketed towards it just seemed like the product and when i was learning about it it seemed like the idea was really late or we're not good enough for it yet to actually like the send tech it out. isn't good enough to like the input lag and things like that where just like connections aren't fast enough just yet or this idea is like it's it, you're coming after things that already kind of exist that do yeah. this you know basically the same thing just as well yeah exactly so another interesting thing that i we didn't mention but you kind of brought it up with the battery life is that i think they said to stream a game in 4k would take 15 gigabytes of data per mm. hour yeah so like i i think we have unlimited mm-hmm. wi-fi i think if if mm-hmm. we don't it's like an, an insane number that uh, we've never oh yeah the most right well that's and in what we were listening to for the research because those guys are based in australia where they were saying they do have the data caps yes yes um right it is a totally different issue where in the u.s like i I think that is a thing in some places having overall data caps, but it's something you never think about because it's either insanely high or it is unlimited. Yeah, and we don't. I don't do enough streaming in general mm. to to get to that. Like the I don't know what the probably gaming maybe is like the highest amount of um, data usage I, I do. Mm. But fifteen gig like my phone like we have probably three and a half per phone mm-hmm. gigabytes three and a half gigs for a month. Yeah. 
and this would take 15 gigabytes in yeah. an hour of streaming, is which is insane. Mm-hmm. And so, and I don't understand the type of person who would stream a game using their data plan on their phone. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure there are people out there who use their phone data way more than I do, mm-hmm. but like, I only use that for like if I'm traveling. Mm-hmm. But that is something that is a huge, and, and like you said, this could be just a part of the technology that's behind. Like, we're right. just not quite there yet. Mm-hmm. Or and, it's like, it's a good idea, but it's not, right? It's not practical yeah. yet. And especially in countries like Australia, where they their internet is not good. It's mm-hmm. not as good. And they like their servers are not as good. And they generally have very high ping when they play games and stuff like that. Um so it, obviously it's based in america it's google so mm. we have like the priority but i still don't think it's a great idea yeah so um we wanted to talk a little bit about the pros and cons of this because i have a very negative view towards google and you know that mm. i've sort of distanced myself from google as much as i possibly can i've removed it from my phone i don't use i use gmail only sparingly i use gmail for um my podcast mm. like we have our yeah. maximum podcast account that we kind of share um but for the most part, like personal, I've changed all my names. I emailed someone the other day and they were like, why are you listed as Steven Wilkowski like, oh, on your on email? Your, and I was email. like, oh, I just like changed my name <laughs> on my Google. So I'm not a fan of Google. That's mm-hmm. clear. Um, I don't like how Google just like sort of tries to get into things that they don't belong in. And I mm-hmm. think gaming is one of those things that they don't belong in. Yeah. But what do you think are the pros? Um. I mean, I guess the access to big games anywhere, you know, to be like looking at that Steam handheld, that idea of being able to like have your games library and be able to like play it on your phone to me, like that kind of thing being mobile Mm -hmm. is, is a huge advantage, but you have to get over the hump of making sure you don't have input lag and it's not, you know, eating up tons and tons of data of battery too. Yeah. Mm, And of battery. Um, like I guess that's it. Yeah, I and again, like then that even takes a specific type of consumer of games. Like a lot of people don't game that way, like when they're traveling and things like that. Um, but that's how I would see it, is just having access to your games anywhere. Yeah, and I think one of the things that they also could market it towards would be maybe lower income like Mm. families uh with kids they want to get them into gaming and they're not spending yeah you're not spending you know 250 300 on a console Mm. um so it might be easier less expensive for them i mean they still have to buy the individual Mm. games which are expensive and that's the thing about steam is that you get a lot of great deals on steam Mm. and i can't imagine that they're selling these games for under market price on google well and again just from the videos that we watched um yeah, it didn't seem like they were lowering any price points. It seemed like everything was at standard values, right? They weren't doing anything like that. Yeah. Uh, but then the kind of concept is like, if it's for a lower income, then it's like, are they going to have a 4K TV to like use right, the 4K? Care about 4K? Are they going to have yeah. like really fast Wi-Fi? Mm-hmm. Because like my Wi-Fi is, I think I get like 50 megabits per second, which is really fast. That's like good. I, I yeah. it's the fastest I've ever had. And it's the lowest amount I can purchase. Mm-hmm. Um and they say that it requires 34 megabits per second to run 4k and i do not believe that i do not believe that for one oh, second yeah, that, that i think you need way more than that yeah. to comfortably run at a really high resolution mm-hmm. um 
so yeah and the other thing is that it's like theoretically you don't have to buy the next console like mm. the next xbox or the next playstation because this could potentially run all the games that you need regardless of the console i guess like it's it's hard than like it seems like they're who they're marketing it to and who it's for isn't like established because if it yeah. is for low-income people then why are you pushing stuff like 4k and yeah. 4k so much or the ability to stream anywhere it's for like again those things if it's low income i still assume that it's kids playing at home you know with whatever internet connection they have and they don't necessarily care about like having the highest graphics resolution yeah but if it is to like people who do care about gaming a lot and being able to game remotely then it's like then that's all you need to advertise and you need to you need to make sure it's really good yeah you can't have all these like lag issues and Mm -hmm. stuff all right so we've kind of already gone into the cons like (laughs) while in the pros we already just leaked into the cons so um the big one for me is like my issue with all digital media and i'm unique in this and i'm a freak and Mm. john and i were talking about this earlier is that like i've we got rid of netflix we got rid of amazon like natalie and i are now buying seasons that we want to watch on dvd um and if you use Google Stadia, you know, you don't have these games. You mm-hmm. don't own these games. You yeah. are basically renting these games. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a whole discussion in itself about do you want to own the things that you use? Is that theoretically Steam you download the game so it is on your computer, on your hard drive, right? Yeah, and Steam has some issues too. So there's another company or there's another um game launcher that's called good old games and it was created by the developers who made the witcher Mm. and those if you buy games on good old games then or gog you have that game and you can transfer it to any computer whereas with steam you have to play it on the steam client so basically you you are kind of rent it's it's similar to that so if steam did fail you wouldn't be able to access those games yes but i you can still play like i can still play games on a laptop that is not connected to the internet Mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah so like if you had steam on your computer and Mm -hmm. like steam went down program yeah you can still exactly i got you so i don't think it's quite the same Mm -hmm. but it is still still a lot of people don't like steam because of that yeah um but it's not quite the same because you don't download the games at all like Mm -hmm. you don't have these games so that's another big thing is like we talked about um google glass first episode google glass they kind of like put it out mm-hmm. they're, they're, oh this is going to be super cool and then it just disappeared mm-hmm. and there's a massive list somewhere of all the different projects mm-hmm. that google has started and then they just abandoned so say you spend like 400 500 bucks buying six or seven games mm-hmm. google Stadia goes under in two years those games are gone yeah like there's no way they're going to refund you mm-hmm. there's no way oh yeah no it it'd be interesting and like those guys were talking about they can't it would be very detrimental for them to say now, like, if this goes under, we'll because, refund yeah, you. Yeah, because it's bad marketing. It, right, yeah. exactly. It would be like them accepting defeat. But it's like, maybe they would, but do you want to count on that? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, who knows? Yeah, I don't know. It it all seemed very... Uh, it seemed like, it again, it could be a good idea. It's just like, it's not there yet. So, will Google hang on to it and be something that I wouldn't buy into until like five years down the road to see if like this is the new way that gaming happens yeah like that kind of thing um or like it's just the new easy standard like netflix you know if it is yeah. something that's like that revolutionary that easy. Where it's like that's the way that everybody watches movies and shows now in in reality like we had issues with netflix for multiple reasons mm. 
but there's just a lot of garbage on there that's not yeah. even good. Mm-hmm. Like Netflix has gotten to the point where it's like it's kind of hard to find things that are really good mm-hmm. because all the good shows have been taken off. Right. Or I mean, well, and the annoying thing now is that everything gets so spread out between so many different streaming services. Yeah. Like so Natalie and I are buying The Office now and you were mm-hmm. saying like you have to watch it on Peacock or whatever. Right. I don't even know what Peacock is. Mm-hmm. Um, they have their own streaming service. Yeah. And, so and it's, it's like you so have to disjointed. pay your own subscription to watch The Office. You have to mm-hmm. pay your five dollar monthly subscription only yes, to watch The, the Office. Office. I mean, I know they have other stuff yeah, on there, but, but that's like the for draw. all intents and purposes, that's what. And I think the same thing is probably going to happen with Friends. I don't know if Friends has been taken I off Friends, yet. I think it already was. I think Parks and Rec, Friends, and um, The Office all are owned by NBC. But I think right now, a few of them are still has, Yeah, I think they're still like kind of floating around. But I think Peacock also has them something like that or so, we'll so basically it's like you have to go out and find the streaming service that has the show that you want to watch and then pay that subscription mm-hmm. for a little bit to watch the show and then once you're done which honestly it's easier just to buy the dvds yeah, especially since point, now they're so would. cheap yeah now right, yeah, buying true. new things so like reason. i i've been interested in watching rewatching the first season of marvel's uh daredevil mm-hmm. but I don't know if I can find that. Because uh, yeah, people aren't actually making it. Yeah. No so that's another interesting that thing is that like yeah. Netflix is making their own specials. And, and that's what Google was trying to do as well was have their own studios that were producing games that were exclusive to mm. Google Stadia. Because like a big thing about like Halo on Microsoft, mm. it's like you're only going to play these on an Xbox yeah. or a computer, like a Windows PC. And so like that's the thing that it in like gaming overall isn't an advantage to me because i don't want it to become more segmented where like you do have to have every single little thing to be able to play different games okay it's like i would want it to but that's never it, gonna happen right but it is, you need the competition mm-hmm, and it is more of a draw to have them have their own games like i get that it makes them stand out but by them not having it like there's just nothing unique about the service or exactly there's nothing unique about it and it's not good enough to compete yet yeah kind of thing and that kind of goes into like the further discussion of so Xbox has um, the one we were talking about where you pay the subscription yeah. and you can get like I think right now Google Stadia has 135 games roughly mm-hmm. that's what I counted um, but you have to purchase these you have mm-hmm. to purchase these games to play them you have yeah. to purchase these individual games to play them mm-hmm. on the streaming service whereas Xbox it's I think it's the Game Pass I think that's what it's called mm-hmm. you get about a hundred games but you get access to all one you yeah, pay ten dollars a- I could do it right now I could pay ten dollars mm-hmm. for a month and, and buy get an Xbox <laughs> and I don't even need an Xbox I can oh, use it really? on my computer Oh, because it's Microsoft. Yeah, that, and so I get. So it's like then what? Yeah, you know, what is Google Stadia trying to exactly? Get into? Um, and that is, and I don't know how I feel about that because I also like to own my games. Mm-hmm. Now, in twenty years, if I have kids, are they gonna want to play my old PlayStation Two games? Mm-hmm. I, probably not. Yeah, maybe I'll have to force them to play it mm-hmm. to be like, this is what I, I went through. through. Yeah, you know, but. I kind of had an episode on the idea of collecting in general. Like, what's Mm -hmm. the point of collecting all these things if you're never going to use them again? Mm -hmm. Um, Books, I think, are different because I would definitely reread books. But games, it really really has to be a good game if Mm -hmm. I'm going to go back and replay it. Yeah, I get that. Um, But so this kind of goes just into the whole idea. And we can talk about this for a little bit of like digital versus physical and like mm-hmm. owning the media versus renting mm-hmm. the me- for all intents and purposes renting the media yeah i don't think i'm super opposed to the the problem is i'm not as serious a gamer as you are yeah and that's like, true to me if it makes it more accessible or i don't i have to worry less about storage or like mm-hmm. things like that that 
you know, those are the only things that keep me from gaming. Like, because right now the PlayStation I use back at home. You're sharing. Like, it's not yours. Right. And, like, if I did, because I used to play Call of Duty a lot and stuff like that. If I did want to, it eats up 100 gigs. And yeah. It's just, like, done. We can't have any other games downloaded. Yeah, because it's, like, a 500 gigabyte uh, hard drive, probably. Right. Right. Um. So, it's, like, I can't do much like that. So, in that aspect, it's, like, yeah, I don't care. But, again... I'm the one who's like would play Rocket League and like Overcooked and like little games like that where it's like I could also play those on my phone kind of thing. Like yeah, yeah. That's the level of those games. So that kind of stuff doesn't matter to me as much. But I guess the whole idea of not owning it or not like buying it and having it to own in relation to Google Stadia is the fact that like if they drop it, yeah, it's like that. It's just like such a huge unknown that like I can't count on that. Yeah, but if you get to even a more extreme level, like this is, I don't know if this is a thing, but I definitely could see it. So in China, they have the social credit system Mm -hmm. where if you, you know, displease the Chinese government, they can permit you, they can stop you from traveling. Mm -hmm. They can prohibit you from getting on planes, Yeah, which we're getting to that point in America. Like people have been put on no fly lists for just their political beliefs, which is, I think is wrong. So what if that gets to the point where it's like, oh, you can't use this you can't media. Play this game. You can't get a Spotify account because mm-hmm. your social credit score is too low. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's where it's like, well, I just have all the CDs. So you can't stop yeah. me from using my ancient CD player to listen. Mm-hmm. To, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, obviously, that's like dystopian Orwellian. Like, that's yeah, yeah. the kind of thing we're leading to. But we're mm-hmm. not there yet. Yeah. I think like I genuinely like because most of it just leads back to money. And yeah. So I think it's just however you can squeeze more money out of somebody. Yeah. That's kind of how I would see it. I think the other thing then about not owning it is if Google does have issues with servers and things like that, by having a hard version with you, it's like you don't necessarily have to worry about internet issues yeah. or that kind of thing. Um, so that to me would be a huge, huge draw. Although I can see like if I did own and if I was playing a lot more big games where I was worried about story and like where I how I'd progress characters and stuff like that. I would be 100% more worried about, like, I would want to own the games. I yeah. wouldn't want to just be renting them and have that opportunity for them to be restricted. Or, or uh, like, if Google Stadia stops updating or for something like that, uh-huh. where the game just becomes unplayable for some yeah. reason. Yeah. That would, and that would happens really with, like, annoying. online games, like, older online games where no one's running the servers anymore. Mm-hmm. And so then, like, fans have to sort of go and make their own servers mm-hmm. if they really want to play. Yeah. And I don't really know any games. I think the closest would be um, for Age of Empires 2, there's mm-hmm. a, a server that's, like, it's called, like, the Voobly serger- servers. And this is, like, not the HD edition and not the definitive edition. It's, like, so the like original, the old, like, yeah. 1999 version. So a lot of the pros played on Voobly because mm-hmm. it, it ran better than the Steam servers. Uh, um, mm-hmm. And so, like, people kind of complain about the definitive edition servers because they're just not as good and, like, they mm-hmm. have some issues. But, like, that concept of, like, the game, a lot of the content. So, like, Titanfall 1, I don't know if you're familiar mm-hmm. with it. Yeah. Like, only, only multiplayer game. Mm-hmm. And you cannot play that game anymore combination of because of hackers and mm-hmm. because of the fact that um, the company that does it um, respawn, they're the same people who did uh, Jedi fallen order. Mm-hmm. And then they do uh, apex legends, mm-hmm. which is like Fortnite. Yeah. Um, they are like, don't want to support Titanfall because they want to support apex. Yeah. So that game is for all intents and purposes. It is dead. Yeah. And like that is also something like land parties are not a thing anymore. Mm-hmm. But I really think that you should be given the option. If I want to get eight people together to play Battlefront 2, yeah. we should be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think most people are like, 
they don't care enough to like see that that could be a problem i don't get yeah i don't get that as being a new wave in gaming where you don't like people not caring about having the option to do that like people should care because that's fun like it's yeah. a fun way to play games maybe it's more geared towards high schoolers where being able to get together and actually do that but i think it's just plain old more fun I, yeah i've always had more fun playing mm-hmm. together than like playing i mean i do enjoy playing online especially if i like luke lives in chattanooga right, so right. we play age of empires a lot it's totally different but i don't know i'm interested to see where it goes because some people are saying that like that playstation 5 and xbox i don't even know what it's called they just it's gold pass well, something. I'm thinking of like the place or what's the newest Xbox, like Series X. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> they like stopped numbering them. Mm-hmm. Actually, they never really did it was, like Xbox, Xbox 360, 360 then, then Xbox One, One which yeah. is the dumbest thing ever. You go back to the and then now it's Xbox Series X. But they're saying that this might be the last generation of consoles, which I don't and think. And then everything will be streamed. Yeah, because then you won't have to buy a new console because you could just stream it. And I, I don't. I really don't think that's because look at like records, mm-hmm. like the idea of like record player. That's like the hipsters have their record mm-hmm. players and their fancy analog vinyl. And and don't you think that's going to happen with gaming eventually, where you're going to have this niche group of people who only play the digital or the the hard copies and stuff like that? Maybe like I I think there's a certain appeal or like it's a yeah, different yeah. analogy but no but like you do kind of see that with like people wanting to break out like n64s yeah, and play yeah. like you do you do see that to a certain extent but from a, a game developer like a, an xbox or a playstation's perspective they make most of their money on games rather than the console yeah. themselves so it it That's does true. make a lot of sense for them to abandon consoles if they have a, a new method for just making money off the game. I don't think Xbox has ever made money on a console. Mm-hmm. Like they've never, they never sold a lot. Yeah, they've yeah every because like you said they make all their money back with I mean, the games. If a AAA game is sixty dollars a pop, you know it's like it only takes a few games to, to where, like, cover the cost of the console. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I like I don't think that like the production of a cd you know or the disc is and nowadays you know you can go buy discs you Mm -hmm. or you can like when fallout 76 came out two years ago you could go to walmart and buy the box and you would open it up and there was a cardboard disc with the code on it to download it and i'm like what is the like is this to save money like Mm -hmm. i don't know so I had an argument with my brother-in-law, Brad, which is the only brother-in-law who has not been on the show. So Mm -hmm. I need to have him on the show um, about gaming companies. And like, it's all about the money. And Mm -hmm. he was like, everything they do is for the money. Nothing Mm -hmm. they do is for like Like the the idea of gaming. And I sort of was like pushing against that. But now I'm starting to like cut to come to his side of Mm -hmm. like, yeah, it's pretty much all about like, I think there are indie developers out there that do a really good job. But like these big gaming companies, for the most part, like, they are 100% about the money. I think, like, right, the gaming studio as a whole is probably like that. I think there are probably game designers and stuff who do, like, are passionate about their job, but they're not the ones who control the whole monetary aspect of, the company. of it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Because then there's, like, you get into, like, the DLC and, mm-hmm. and stuff, and it's, like, we've talked about once we beat Remnant with Reed, my brother, we're going to try to potentially get the DLC, mm-hmm. and it's, like, but I think that DLC is worth it because it's, like, 10 bucks and it has yeah. a whole new area, and it's, like, mm-hmm. this was content that was created after the game was mm-hmm. made, so they had to work on this separately. Right. Like, I, I'm okay with that, but, like, the classic example is in Obsidian, uh, not Obsidian, um, Bethesda's game, the one before Skyrim, Oblivion. 
like the horse armor dlc like you could pay money to get armor for your horse you mm. know this is what it has come to like yeah. no, in a normal game you would find this deal this mm. armor in a chest but now right. you have to pay three dollars for this horse armor it's yeah. ridiculous i think the worst is like finding it in a chest and like all right now to use this you have to pay three dollars or it's like you did still find it. that happens in um there's a game called dragon age origins which is made by ea and mm. ea is a garbage company but like you talk to someone uh, like you meet an elf on the side of the road and mm-hmm. he's like, oh, there's a wolf that's doing this. And it's like to continue, you must buy the DLC. I'm like, are you kidding yeah. me? Like I talked to this that's dude. Terrible. Like, and put like, it in the game and then yeah. and then put a price barrier. But I think that comes down to like monetizing gaming in general yeah. and like trying to get because I, I do think it is expensive to produce games yeah. like like some of these studios like Rockstar that made Red Dead Redemption. Mm-hmm. Like I'm pretty sure I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure they had like a thousand people working on this game. Well, like it starts, it easily rivals movies nowadays, right? In I would say costs, it's, I would, yeah. Exceeds. Yeah. I would say, cause you're getting just as many actors mm-hmm. and sometimes they're getting right now. Like big actors, Death Stranding, like Norman Reedus was mm-hmm. one of the main characters yeah. and like, or, uh, uh, what's the cyberpunk or yeah, yeah Keanu Cy- Reeves, Keanu Reeves, like that. Guillermo del Toro's in it. Like a yeah, bunch of random people. Exactly. It's like, you're getting, you're getting movie level production. Mm hmm for these video games but then you have to talk about like how much time it makes to take to make these worlds and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so um but i guess that kind of happens with everything i feel like with movies the movie industry is struggling Mm -hmm. because they're not making as much money plus they're making garbage so no one Mm -hmm. wants to go see what they're making but i think gaming is headed towards i I, i'm interested in like the independent film like Mm -hmm. because i don't know anything about i'm i'm pretty familiar with like independent gaming or independent game developers, but I don't know, like on terms of the film Movies, side, because I'm yeah. pretty sure that three billboards or whatever, I think that was like an independent, right? Uh, I don't know. I, or like it's a lesser known studio. I think it's the A24 people who did the Hereditary and all those. I think I could be completely wrong about that. I think it's just a lesser known studio that's gaining traction. But this is a total uh, tangent. Offshoot. Yeah, tangent. But like I was listening to a podcast about the MPAA and how much that used to restrict in indie movies or and I guess still does. uh, But things like that are changing. Why would they restrict them? It was mostly that I'm trying to remember the reasoning because like to be able to get your movie into a theater, it really like has to be rated. Um, And so for a while, like if you had certain themes in movies or like. You know, if you didn't agree with the rating, you didn't really have a way of appealing that system and getting it rated differently. And so if your movie was not rated, most theater chains won't pick it up. Okay. Um, and like big studio, whatever the big studios are, had a lot of control of over the MPAA and like how they rated things like that. So, Which is interesting now because you can kind of bypass theaters. Mm-hmm. You can just right. rent my movie the for $10 and stream it into your yeah. home. And so it's very different. It gives indie movie makers a, a really interesting opportunity to be able to get their movies out to people without having to depend on big movie theaters and the MPA and stuff Which like that, that kind of we can kind of wrap this up but that kind of ties it back into the the benefits of the digital age is that like there's a game called Stardew Valley which mm-hmm. was made by one guy and mm-hmm. it's a farming simulator it's really cool it's a great game like and he and he's they've added so much they added multiplayer like me and Reed mm-hmm. have played together um, they've added so many things but it was started by one guy and he made the game by himself but he 
had the ability to digitally distribute that because he didn't have to, you know, make a game cartridge or make a disc Mm -hmm. or make a, you know, talk to Walmart to sell his kit. You know, it's like that allowed him to. And I'm sure you can now find, I'm sure that there are people, there's like, there's a company I know of that makes hard copies of digital games. I forget what the the name of the company, but it is for collectors who want. That's really cool. Yeah, they want like a digital copy. Mm -hmm. I think start like Reed had Stardew on the PlayStation 4. I think he had it on the disc. Mm -hmm. But I think when it first came out, it was just like a digital release. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like that's the benefit of like with independent developers with movies or with um, even games, you can just like distribute it that way. Mm -hmm. Well, John, thanks for driving all the way to Savannah just for this one forty one minute podcast no problem uh we have plans to do others in the future i I don't think we've necessarily talked about like what uh topics we want to talk about Mm -hmm. but i have a couple of exciting episodes in the future nick and i are going to do a review on dune we both both finished the book um and then nick and then a friend of mine dylan reimer who's not yet been on the show i lived with him my senior year we're going to talk about some lord of the rings stuff um, I also want to do a episode on Subnautica because I just finished that. And there's like a billion books that I've just finished that I want to do. So there's a lot coming up on the horizon. John, thanks for coming again. They can't see you not. You have to like say. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, there we go. I didn't feel like uh, it was worthy of a response. You should you should nod again just to the, the nod, audience. Thanks. There we go. Um, and if you have any questions or you have any ideas for episodes, you can email me at maximumpodcast at gmail.com. And if you're really inclined, you can go onto iTunes and give me a rating. Now, I have a couple five-star ratings on there, but I only have one review. So if someone else wants to go out there and write me a great review, it's like I'm really yeah. going to get up there because I know that like the Apple overlords really like my content and I just need to get the, especially I have brown skin. So that works out great. They love that kind of stuff. So uh, hopefully we can sort of blast into the number one podcast podcast slot in the future. Nice.